Good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you're here to worship with us today. Um, and if you're watching online, write something in the comments so that we know that you are with us. Our children's ministry uh, right now is doing a coat drive. But it's not just for children's ministry. Anyone can bring coats and clothes to donate to our clothes closet. Bring them by anytime, but especially on Wednesday uh, nights and Sunday mornings, we'd love to have those clothes for our clothes closet. So families that go over there can get clothes. It's great. Um, we are starting a new uh, small group on Sunday the 23rd. It's going to be in the gathering room. I'm really excited about this. It's Dream Big. It's a Bob Goff series. If you've ever read a Bob Goff book, you will love it. But it's Dreaming Big Dreams. God has big dreams for us as a church and us as individuals for 2022. Love for you to join that class. Uh, if you're already plugged into a Sunday school class, stay in the one you're at. But this is for anybody who doesn't have a class. Uh, it's for any age group can come in there. We're going to have cinnamon rolls and have a lot of fun. Our only rule is, if you're grumpy, you have to go to a different Sunday school class and not dream big. It's a five-week series. You'll love it. It's going to be Sunday morning starting the 23rd uh, at 10 a.m. Um, youth confirmation was going to start tonight, but we've pushed back uh, to the 23rd because we had some kids that couldn't make it. We would uh, love for anyone who's interested to be at confirmation for youth starting Sunday the 23rd at 5 at night. But Pastor Sam... I have great news. There's confirmation for adults, too. And I will tell you, uh, youth confirmation ends with a brunch and lots of food. I don't think Pastor Sam's does, so I'm just saying. You have some competition. Um, we have two roses on the altar this morning from the Children's Ministry and our Early Learning Center. These are for Owen Patrick Thrasher. He uh, has a, a brother, Liam, uh, and parents, Brandon and Laura, and also the other flower for Clara Lynn Gibbs, big brother, Grant, parents are Matt and Allison. Isn't it awesome we always have new babies being born into the life of our church and our early learning center and children's ministry? It's a lot to celebrate here. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can gather together and worship this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, good morning. Y'all may be seated, uh, except for the kids. Miss Brittany's going to take y'all to Children's Church right now, and y'all know y'all are going to have fun. All right. There we go. Okay. I want to welcome you, and if you're worshiping with us by live stream, I want to say a special welcome to you. We're glad that you're worshiping with us today. And uh, we, I want you to understand that we're, we, we know like everybody else that the, the numbers are, are going up with some of the um, COVID stuff. So we're trying to do everything that we can around here to, uh, to keep everybody as safe as we can. So if, if you're feeling uh, symptoms or feeling sick at all, then worship by live stream is your, your best bet. So we love you and we're glad that you're connected with us that way. Here, uh, I want to remind you, we have our offering plates at the front and the back and, and continue to support your church because uh, we continue to do ministry in Christ's name in the heart of the city, which is what we're all about. I do want to encourage you to uh, participate in confirmation class. If you are uh, a teenager and you want to go to Andy's, it is the Miyagi-Do of confirmation class. Uh, my grown-up class is more like the Eagle Fang uh, version of confirmation class. So uh, come to my class if you want to have fun and go. If you, if you just want to be peaceful, you can go to, to Pastor Andy's class. Um, we want to hear about your prayer requests. If you have a, a special need on your heart, I know that a lot of us do. Send them to us. Put them in the comments if you're worshiping with us by live stream. Send them to us, F-U-M-C at F-U-M-C-Gaston.org. We will pass them along. We have a prayer team that prays. And whether we're gathered or whether we're not, we can pray. And God hears our prayers just the same. If you have celebrations, we love those. Send us your celebrations and your answers to prayers too. Will you pray with me? Dear Father, thank you for blessing us with another day. Thank you for bringing us through what you've brought us through. And thank you for the hope and the encouragement that we get, knowing that you're with us every step of the way, every step of the way. So, Lord, you know the needs of our hearts, and you know the places where we need to grow. And, Father, I pray that you help us to live our lives open-handed and open-hearted and open-minded so that we can be your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah. 
Thank you, praise band. Thank you, Lori. That, that was a new song for me, and I absolutely loved it. I hope that y'all did, too. I hope it was powerful for you as it was for me. Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 20 will be our scripture for today. I invite you to follow along with me. It'll be up on the screen for you, or you can just listen. Hear the word of the Lord. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee... He saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending their nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. And followed him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When I was a kid, it always seemed like everybody was coming up to me and asking, what do you want to be when you grow up? Did anybody ever ask you that? Uh, and, it, and at first, I remember saying, oh, well, I want to be a soldier. Because at the time, I was going through this, this phase, and my favorite show was an old World War II show called Combat. Uh, I mean, you go way back if you remember Combat. On the old black and white TV in our living room, um, we had a big old footstool in our living room, big, big leather footstool. And I had my G.I. Joe complete with G.I. Joe footlocker. And I would get G.I. Joe and I would get behind the footstool for cover. And I'd get my little helmet on and I'd get all my, my toy guns and I would shoot at the black and white TV and pretend that I was a soldier. Later on, when I, I guess I was about in junior high, my cousin, who was an actual soldier and was wounded in Vietnam, told me what it was really like to be in combat. And I decided maybe I didn't want to be a soldier so much after all. So then I switched to cowboy. I decided I wanted to be a cowboy because bonanza, you know. And so um, then my, I grew up on a farm. Then my dad actually bought some cows. And I had to help take care of them. And I remember it's probably about this time of the year. I re vividly remember being in the back of the truck and it was sleeting. I'm talking about like pelting me with sleet and I was throwing hay out to the cattle and I was thinking being a cowboy is not all it's cracked up to be so maybe not that maybe not that so what did you want to be when you grew up as a kid anybody what did you anybody still trying to grow up uh, that's okay I'm just seeing if you're still awake out there um, so there's a question similar to that, what do you want to be when you grow up, that I think we need to keep in front of us as a church. And the first time I heard this question was from an Andy Stanley book called Creating Community. Andy Stanley is the founding pastor of North Point Community Church in Atlanta. And when they started that church, kind of from scratch, they, they started by asking this question. And this is kind of where I want us to drill down on this morning they ask what do we want people to become what do we want people to become well why that question 
because really how they answered that question was going to affect how they did church from then on. What do we want people to become? We started a, a series last week called Integrity of the Heart about how being authentically who we are and and we looked at our mission statement. You remember our mission statement? Changing lives by sharing Christ, making disciples, serving and giving hope. That's our mission statement. It's everywhere uh, on our bulletins, uh, on the back of our church bus, everywhere you look. So the question is, um, are we leaning into that? Are we living into that? Are we being who we say we are? And then the next question we're going to ask today is, what do we want people to become? What do we, because a vision statement, a mission statement, is, always has an aspirational part to it. We say, we say this is who we are, but we are still becoming, right? Is it just me, or are we still becoming? Anybody say, I'm not there yet? Um, so we're still becoming, and what do we want people to, who, who do we want to say that we are? What do we expect if we live into our mission statement and actually do what we say we're here to do? What do we hope will be the results of that for ourselves and for our community? Okay, I'm going to start by giving the wrong answer. Um, I want to give you the wrong answer first because uh, I want to be clear. What we don't want is for people just to become more religious. Do you remember the story in Acts chapter 17 when Paul goes to Athens? Not Athens, Alabama. The other Athens. Athens, Georgia. No, calm down, Alabama fans. Not that Athens either. Uh, Athens, Greece or somewhere like that. But he finds in Athens a city full of idols. They have idols everywhere. I'm talking about on every little hill they have these little idols set up. They even have an idol set up to the unknown God just in case they left one of them out. Okay, they wanted to have all their bases covered. Paul goes to Athens and he starts talking to them about Jesus. And they're kind of interested. So they take Paul up to this place called Mars Hill. And here's what Paul says to them in verse 22 of Acts 17. Paul says, I see how extremely religious you are in every way and they probably thought that was a compliment they probably thought darn tootin we're religious we're more religious than anybody else around but it really wasn't a compliment uh, a compliment at all Paul wasn't saying you are extremely religious so what I'm here to do is to make you even more religious I've got some more beliefs and, and behaviors that I'm going to lay on you. And if you adhere to those, then you can be in the in-group with me and my bunch. Because at the heart of it, that's really what religion is. It's a set of beliefs and behaviors that determine who is in and who is out. And honestly, it's not what the church is supposed to be. It's not what we're supposed to be doing. What we want to become and what we want people to become is not just more religious. So they can be in the in group. I've been reading a book called Missional Church and it gives a picture of this. It's kind of cool. It's a mathematical picture, which is kind of unusual for me because math wasn't my best subject. But 
it talks about a way of doing church and an, uh, a way of, that some churches do church that we probably shouldn't do church. The way we probably shouldn't do it is mathematically known as a bounded set. A bounded set. And here is what a bounded set is. You build a boundary, okay? I, I've talked about Bonanza and being a cowboy, so think about a horse corral, right? You build a boundary, you build a horse corral, and the cowboys build the fence to keep the horses from wandering away, right? Outside of the corral, there could be all kinds of bad things, all, like wild animals, rustlers, you name it, all the bad things outside of the corral. Inside of the corral, the cowboys can, can feed the horses, protect the horses, and do all of the things that horses need to be done. If a wild varmint does get inside the corral, cowboys shoot them, right? No problem. Sometimes the cowboys actually go out and capture wild mustangs, right? Lasso them, all of that stuff, bring them back. But before they can be put into the corral with the other horses, they have to be broken. And once they're broken and they learn the rules, then they can put, be put into the corral with the other horses. Um, okay, well, I'm just giving you bonanza flashbacks, I guess, but... Here's how it works inside of a church. The pastors and the other leaders are, are like the cowboys and the cowgirls, and they build kind of theological and doctrinal fences. And they make sure that, that everybody's inside the theological and the doctrinal fence, the corral. Um, inside of the fence, everybody gets fed, right? The cowboys and the cowgirls make sure that everybody gets fed. If any varmints try to get in, we shoot them. Not really, y'all. This is, this is, okay, a metaphor, right? A metaphor. If anybody tries to get in, we shoot them. Uh, if you stay, play by the rules, you're in. If you don't, you're out. Um, Every now and then we try to go out and get some wild mustangs and bring them and and but we have to break them and make sure that they follow the rules and if they do they can be in the corral with us. It's really a religion that's based on fear, right? Uh, fear that we might leave some box unchecked and get kicked out. Fear of the people who are already outside that they might get in. I think this is the wrong answer for the church. I think the bounded set approach is not what Jesus died for, not what Jesus rose from the grave for so that we could be religious people trying to be more religious. The right answer, I think, is, is kind of centered on the scripture that I read earlier in Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 20. What we want to become and what we want other people to become are followers of Jesus who bring other people along with us to follow Jesus as well. Followers of Jesus who fish for people. Disciples who make disciples. Is who we want to be, who we want to become, and who we want others to become too. 
So if, if a bounded set in church is, looks kind of like a horse corral, like I talked to about before, what I'm talking about instead of a bounded set would be a centered set. A centered set is where Jesus is at the center and we are the ones who follow Jesus. It wouldn't be like a corral. It would look more like shepherds, the way they kept shepherds in Jesus's day, okay? Um, if you were to go out into the fields where the shepherds kept the flocks uh, and say, um, why, why, don't, why don't you have a bunch of fences out here? The shepherd might say to you, we don't build fences out here. We just dig a good well. And the sheep don't stray far from the well. We don't build good fences. We just build good shepherds. And the sheep listen to the voice of the shepherd. So Jesus is the good shepherd. We hear his voice. Jesus is the living water, the source of our spiritual nourishment, and we stay close to him. I want to talk about following and fishing. If we say that we want to be followers and fishers and we want to help people become followers and fishers, uh, I want us to think about what Jesus said to his disciples in that regard. Jesus went to Peter and Andrew and James and John while they were in the middle of their fishing duties and Jesus said follow me he didn't say go get everything straightened out in your life and I'll maybe let you follow me he didn't say I want you to check off all of these doctrinal boxes and make sure that you understand them then you can follow me he didn't even say become effective and proficient in some kind of spiritual giftedness and then you can follow me. He said, start where you are. Fishermen who are probably, if they're like most of the fishermen I know, maybe a little rough around the edges. Just follow me. And if you just do that, if you just do that, then I'll make you into who I want you to be. That's what Jesus said. The word follow in verse 17 is kind of an interesting word. It's a combination of two words. One means come away and one means come behind. So what Jesus invited them to do as disciples, what Jesus invites us to do is to come away and come behind. Come away from what? Come away from, well, come away from your self-centered existence. Come away from the old way of doing things. When Jesus invited those first four disciples to follow him, it wasn't like they didn't have something else better to do. They were successful fishermen. Peter and Andrew, um, we know that Peter was married. We know they owned a house. James and John and their father Zebedee had a successful fishing business, successful enough that they had hired hands. And yet Jesus said, come away from that and come behind me. Come behind me. In chapter 10 of Mark, verse 28, Peter says at one point, he said, Lord, we've left everything behind to come and follow you. 
Now compare that to what the rich young ruler did when Jesus said, follow me to the rich young ruler. He wouldn't do it because he was too attached to his possessions. He wouldn't come away and he wouldn't come behind. So if we think about our lives in 2022, as we go into a new year and we picture our priorities, everybody's got a list of priorities. What if we ask ourselves the question, how can I make these priorities come behind Jesus? If we can't do that, then we're not really following, are we? If we can't do that, then Jesus really isn't Lord. I know that sounds radical. I know it, it sounds untraditional. Traditionally, a student would approach a rabbi and would want to learn from the rabbi for as long as he needed to. And then at that point, then he would become a rabbi himself. But Jesus goes out and seeks disciples and he promises them only school. No graduation until we graduate from this life into glory. Disciples never quit learning. They never quit following. As we follow, we learn. As we follow, something happens in us. Just something happens. Jesus makes us into something different. What does he make us into? He makes us into fishers of people. The Great Commission, I know that you've heard it in Matthew chapter 28. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. You go be a fisher of people. Now, think about how people fished in Jesus' day versus how we fish today. If I said, we're going to go fishing today, then maybe we'd go out in a boat. Maybe we'd go out on the dock. We'd put some, some lure on the end of a line, and we'd throw it out into the water, right? And we would hope maybe it would attract some fish to come along and bite, and then we could yank the fish out of the water. That's not how they fished in Jesus' day. We don't fish for people in the way that we fish for fish today. We don't try to lure them in with some kind of artificial kind of thing, hoping that we can hook them and drag them into something that they weren't prepared for. In Jesus' day, they cast a net out onto the water, and they pulled in the fish. I think that's a much more accurate picture of what it means for us to fish for people today. I think we cast the net out of Jesus' love, I think we cast the net out by sharing Christ, by making disciples and serving and giving hope. We cast that net out and we bring people in. We bring people in. We start right where they are and we bring people in. Disciples who make disciples. So, I want to ask a question that gets on my toes. It might get on your toes a little bit. Why are we not doing it? 
why are we not doing it? If that's the great commission and that's what we're supposed to be becoming and helping others to become, why are we not doing it? I want to ask you to imagine um, me telling one of my kids, hey, I really want you to go and wash the dishes. Uh, and then an hour later, I come back, and uh, whichever one of my kids said to me, uh, Dad, you know, I really, I, I, I memorized what you said. I did. I memorized it. I wrote it on a little card, and I memorized it. Go wash the dishes. See? I quoted it. I did good, right? And I would say, well, did you actually wash the dishes? And they would say, well, no. You know, I got together with a group of my friends in the kitchen and we talked about what it would be like to wash dishes. We sang dishwashing songs. And, and then we all hugged and cried. It was, it was a special moment, Dad. And I would say, but did you wash any dishes? See how silly that sounds? But I think it's... Maybe not as silly as it sounds. I think that's maybe how we go about fishing today. We talk about it, sing songs about it. But are we actually trying to capture, capture people by sharing Christ, by giving hope, by sharing the love of Christ? Here's the thing that I've found. People are already thirsty we're just telling them where the well is we're just saying come and see we're going to invite them and we're going to welcome them you know how it feels to to be welcome just for who you are right where you are you know how that feels it feels good people are looking for that People are, are, I'm telling you, people may not be interested in your religion, but they are interested in you loving them into the kingdom. The last thing Jesus said in the Great Commission was, remember, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Even to the end of the age. You want to know how... It is to experience the real presence of Christ in a powerful way. Then don't just sing another song. Make a disciple. Be a disciple who produces other disciples. It's who we want to be. It's who we want to become. It's who we want others to become. Let's pray. Lord, sometimes it's helpful to be reminded of who we are and also of who we want to become. So, Lord, we know that your Holy Spirit works in us to help us to become who you want us to be. Help us, Lord, to lean into that. Help us to open up to that. Help us, Lord, to become followers who fish for other followers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you stand and worship with us?
Now as we leave this place, may we ourselves follow Jesus and let us cast the net of help, hope, and love to bring others into following Jesus too. Amen.